0: As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes.
1: On today's episode of The Androids Dungeon, Joel, back in the studio but he's not the only one. We have a very, very special guest from a land, land, far, far, away, 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 Stay tuned for a talk with Yuri. Welcome to Android's Dungeon on CFRU 93.3 FM, broadcasting out of Guelph, Ontario, Canada, which I think is an important distinction to make today because we are joined by uh, a very special friend that I haven't met, but uh, Joel has. Uh, Can you please say hello for everyone, Yuri? Hey, everyone. (laughs) Very good. Uh, Yuri, can you please tell us where you are calling from
0: right now? Uh, I'm calling you guys from Slovenia. It's a small country in Europe.
1: Very, very cool. This
0: is uh, you are you're you are very
1: fortunate because you were the f- officially the first uh, international guest and also our first official, I'd say interview that we've had on this show. So thank you very much for the pleasure and the privilege.
0: Thank you guys for having me.
2: (laughs) Our first
1: international androids dungeon. International androids. So let's get the ball rolling. Uh, We always start off every episode by asking a very, very simple question. Uh, Yuri, what have you been playing recently?
0: Mm, So the game I would like to mention is uh, New Angeles. It's a semi-coop game from Fantasy Flight Games. Okay. And it's really interesting because uh, each player has a goal to be richer than his target player. <laughs> <laughs> You're not competing against everybody, but just against your target mostly. Okay. Unless you are the traitor, and then that changes everything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so what happens if two people are richer than their target players? Are they, do they share the victory?
0: Yeah, they can both win, or nobody can win, or so, just one person can win. There is a lot of Opportunities.
1: <laughs> and what sort of? I I know a little bit about. Whoops! I know a little bit about this game. Uh, but is it set? It's set in the uh, Android Netrunner universe, right?
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And everybody's controlling the one of the corporations. Mm-hmm. And then somebody can be. Uh, I'm not sure what it's called, but somebody can cooperate with the government against the other <laughs>
1: you can be the collaborator and uh, yeah. <laughs> work against In your way friends way, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. cool so this is a fairly recent game too I think uh, the board game cafe where uh, Joel works may have a copy uh, available for test out or testing at the moment too mm-hmm. but uh, what's the play time on it like
0: uh, we need it about four hours I think the least <laughs> play time is
1: two <laughs> to four hours oh man uh,
0: I think once you know it, you you would get it down to two hours. Okay, not much shorter than that. So,
2: who did you play it with?
0: Uh, I played it with a group of friends of mine. All right. Uh, We play a lot of games together, so all seasoned gamers.
1: All right, so that's that was going to be my question: is how advanced would you uh, put this at? Because you mentioned you played it with a bunch of seasoned gamers, but is this something where you could? Would you would you even recommend pulling it out with uh, your parents or some friends who are just popping in for a visit, or is this something you've got to plan, your, you're going to say, come over guys, we're going to play New Angeles for four hours?
0: Mm, they should at least have some experience with games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the most complicated games, but it needs uh, at least one experienced player, I think.
1: Fair enough, and do you find that it's got uh, I think Joel and I would agree on this, and uh, maybe you too, but do you find that the rules are fairly easy to understand or do you do you end up kind of uh, f- fishing through the rule book like uh whenever you play like Twilight Imperium or the rest of these uh, fantasy flight games where it seems like the it's just brutal
0: I think they are pretty streamlined for the game of this uh, heaviness mm-hmm well, good. Oh so, yeah, th- there were, there weren't any unnecessary complications with the rules. I think.
1: Excellent, very good. So, uh, do you get do you give it your thumbs up?
0: Yeah, definitely. Cool. I cool. would recommend
1: it. All right. Well, I've been looking forward to giving it a shot. It's funny that you bring up New Angeles because I think um, a couple episodes ago we were talking about <coughs> um, trader trader mechanics in games or sort of the uh, sort of semi cooperative stuff. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to play. Uh, have you ever played Archipelago?
0: Uh, yeah, once, but a long time ago.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, so I don't
0: remember it exactly.
1: It, it's it's kind of got a very similar sort of feel to it where you've got um, a bunch of people sort of semi-working together, but you're all trying to advance your own interests because there's a crisis that comes up and you all have to contribute to it or else you all take penalties. But there could be one player who's working against you and wants everyone to fail. And I guess in New Angeles style, that'd be the collaborator of, or the government or something. But uh, it's a. do you like the sort of hidden role game of uh not really hidden role but like do you like the idea of having a betrayal element in games?
0: Uh yeah, I like it. And uh I especially like to have some uh personal goals. Mm-hmm. Like in Dead of Winter, even if you're not playing with a traitor, everybody's kind of playing together but also kind of playing for themselves. Okay, interesting. So that's a good mix to have. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: it's funny you bring up Dead of Winter too, is that uh, maybe we should hold off on this for the second part of the show, but I'm just <laughs> curious about, um, no, I'm going to hold off because I was going to ask what sort of exposure uh, Eastern Europe would have to a lot of games because the idea that Dead of Winter would be floating around in Slovenia just fascinates me too <laughs> to no end because I always <laughs> thought it was just a pure North American, like once uh, it just <laughs> it sinks when you try to take it across the ocean, but that's interesting. So we'll just, we'll, sorry, please. Okay.
0: okay, we can talk about it in the second half. Okay,
1: perfect, perfect, perfect. All right, so let's move on. I'll ask Joel. Uh, Joel, what have you been playing recently? Uh, well,
2: uh, me and you just went out uh, camping. <laughs> and <we> played <laughs> several games, so uh, I think uh, we'll save Concordia for you. Yeah. I want to talk about Viticulture. Uh, viticulture has been uh, a good year for me, you know, good year for wa- wine and... Very I mean, enjoyable <laughs> time, and um, I'm on a hot streak. So I just going through uh, the things we have for VidiCulture. See if there's anything that's missing. Cause yeah. For those of you guys don't don't know, VidiCulture is one of Stonemaier's best games, uh, and it's got this uh, Tuscany expansion, which really fixes a lot of uh, the randomness. Although it kind of throws in some more randomness. Yeah, it, it takes away
1: some and adds some. Yuri, have you played? Does is VidiCulture over there?
0: Uh, yeah, it's available, but I haven't had the chance to play it yet. Okay, oh, that's too uh, bad. Third, it's very good, though.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a, it, I'd say it's a medium to light worker placement game, but it's got a great theme, great art, and, uh, but anyway, Joel, please go on.
2: Have you played Scythe, Yuri?
0: Uh, yeah, I've played that one. Uh, not sure if I should, uh, expose my opinion right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, I'm excited.
1: <laughs> I want to hear this, and it. so we'll see for the next, okay. uh... <laughs>
0: Should you save it for later or <laughs> Well no, actually no, no I'm ahead.
1: yeah, go ahead. Let's, let's hear it. Okay. So uh,
0: I kind of liked it, but uh, I think the end game is not very polished in my opinion.
1: When you say end game, uh, what do you mean?
0: Uh, I mean that sometimes you would artificially want to drag the game out just mm-hmm. because you're not winning. Mm-hmm. Even if it would kind of naturally it should come to an end, right? I can
2: see that. Like, maybe you're approaching six stars, but somebody else has just got too much control, and you know that they're going to outdo you in money, so all of a sudden, you just don't want to get that last accomplishment. Is that what you're yeah, saying?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: It's interesting criticism. I haven't heard that before, It's, uh, but I agree with it, because it's, uh, like you're describing, it's an inorganic way to sort of uh, finish a game you're playing, where you, you want it to, you're you winning, or you're playing, playing, playing to win, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, somebody just jumped ahead, so I don't want the game to end anymore, but the star system i don't know it's interesting there's a lot of control over your own fate because you can decide whether you like it was up to you to make the decision to go at the five stars per se- uh, for example and then if somebody jumps ahead it's you still got control to stop it hopefully like you can say all right well let's put the brakes on my plan here because it's clearly going to but um Just start mm-hmm.
2: grabbing popularity or something
1: yeah you like try to boost your popularity but it's funny that you bring up Scythe too, because Scythe is the, what do you think of the theme as somebody who is in Eastern Europe, this sort of uh, um, grab bag of like a Russian, uh, Nordic, German, uh, I think Japanese with the expansion, but all these really kind of uh, Eastern European races kind of fighting uh, with each other. What, how does that appeal to you? Again? Uh,
0: I think I'm a bit too young to really be biased <laughs> team.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I did enjoy the team, so yeah. Okay.
2: Cool. That's pretty good. Cool. I mean, they don't really need to fight. They could just farm.
1: Yeah, they could be friends. Yeah. So Adventure. anyway, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying about Viticulture though.
2: Uh, I was looking at it and I have the Essential Edition, which I guess throws every uh, additional, a couple additional packages that you can buy are already in the Essential Edition, so mm-hmm. that's good. Um, But uh, you can also buy, and this is pretty cool uh, metal coins. Mm. Not very cheap, but uh, man, do they look cool. These uh, Tuscany Lira, they're about $30, but you could basically replace all your money with metal money. What do you think about sort of just um, something that doesn't add to the functionality of a game at all, but just makes it look better or feel better?
1: Yeah, What? how about that Yuri? Would Aesthetics. you are you the type of person that would spend at least it's 30 dollars Canadian approximately on a bunch of fake metal coins for a game or do you are you someone that thinks it's unnecessary?
0: Yeah, I would never spend money on it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 I think a lot of people agree. I'm a sucker for it. It's apparently the quality is great too. Like uh uh, it's for Scythe too, the metal coins, like whenever they show up at our local board game stores, they're gone instantly. People just hoover or uh, suck them up very, very quickly. Uh, so there's definitely a market for these, um, these add-ons after the fact. And I think, I, I know a lot, of, a very popular thing with Kickstarters now, which is something else I want to ask you about, um, is that when you can add to these bonus, or add uh, to your purchase metal coins, because I think Scythe really made it popular that, um, that people will pay $30, $35 record. Okay, we're back in business. All right. Sorry, Joel, please. <laughs> uh, I was talking
2: about game quality as far as pieces, quality pieces. Uh, I think the original Splendor um, had these really nice, thick pieces, a bit like poker chips, like actual poker chips. Yeah, they were. And then the new version that came out, uh, the new reprint, all of a sudden everything got a lot lighter, and I think they probably found a, you know a cheaper developer or something for the game. Um, and it just doesn't feel as good. Um, but it doesn't change the game in any way. Um, and then the, you talk about Kickstarter, and maybe they're charging extra, or you can pay extra for better pieces, even if it is some kind of novelty metal metal money or something. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like... Uh, they're deliberately lowering the quality of their games so they can sell off a, a higher quality. I, I don't you know. know. It,
1: it, to me, if, I don't know if it it you, it it's as bad as like someone like removing features from a game. Like that, you're starting to enter like video game territory where they cut <laughs> out content just to sell as DLC down the road. Versus, like if you look at let's take uh, Scythe for example. Whoops. If you look at Scythe for example, just the base set's fine as it is, and it's not like. Um, the paper coins the game come with are inferior. But if you were to compare them to the metal coins, like, yeah, I'd obviously prefer the metal coins being the base game, but it would add so much, maybe, to the base game's price that, why not put in the choice of the consumer to maybe upgrade? If, for example, though, and this was my criticism of Scythe, is when you bought it, it's got two missing spots, or two spots on the main board for expansion races. And that was something I thought was a little chintzy, was that you're, you're, you've got the expansion race, you could have put them in, but you're selling them later. And that kind of smelled worse to me than, let's say, not putting metal coins in. But yeah. I don't know if you agree or disagree on this one. But Yuri, how do you feel about the idea of, like, what Joel brought up of um, somehow making, releasing an inferior version of a game in the hopes of selling sort of completionary pieces or aspects of
0: it? Uh yeah, I think that's a bit shady. <laughs> uh, I I prefer to have like the base version should be standalone and mm-hmm. stand on its own as a good game. Yep. And then you can offer extras later. Mm-hmm. Uh, the missing races in sight did annoy me. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that was a bit of an o- annoying to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think for the quality, the coins aren't necessary, at least for me. So I didn't mind that. Yeah,
1: that's a perfectly f- a fair
0: point. I
2: mean, you really can't complain about the quality of Scythe as far as a board. It's one of the nicest looking boards I've ever seen. Yeah, especially
1: Definitely. your personal boards, right? Oh my goodness, it's it's outstanding. Just a gorgeous, ga- gorgeous game. Like you can almost just set it up as, and maybe this is what you do at your shop. Do you have a copy of Scythe for uh, playing at your cafe, Yuri? Uh,
0: no, not yet. Okay, uh, it it will be purchased at sometime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, uh, I can't imagine what it was like in Europe, but uh, here for a long time, it was just very difficult to get a copy of because you had the Kickstarter release and then the, va- like the retail copies uh, would show up to the sh- uh, various stores at, uh, like they maybe get five copies and then you blink and they're all gone again. And uh, we had one friend of ours who, uh, he had played my copy a couple times and I guess he fell in love with it and uh, he went and bought one on Amazon through a third-party seller, and he paid an extra. Well, how much extra do you think he paid for it, Joel?
2: He paid, I think, 130 U.S. or 120 U.S. So he
1: probably paid about $60 more than retail copy is for the, to get his own copy through some other guy. Which and he
2: could have just played with us. He could have just played with, just with he but he, had he had
1: wanted it. So it. <laughs> <laughs> It's to each his <laughs> own, right? Yeah. Um, But, okay, so we did, uh, we were talking about Viticulture, we played that, that was a lot of fun, I got crushed again, as usual.
3: Yeah, uh, the grapes
2: and Jack both got crushed, (laughs) (laughs) and I still give Viticulture, you know, 7 out of uh, 8 red,
1: uh, maybe, uh, sparkling wines. Sparkling wines. (laughs) Uh, Jack, what have you been playing lately? um well Joel when we were on when we were camping uh, we got to play one of my favorite games that you own and that i I, I think just I cannot figure out but I enjoy trying to, uh, which is Concordia. Yuri, have you played concordia
0: uh I cannot remember right now, <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> maybe if you tell me a little about
1: it? <laughs> it's, uh, if you were to look at the box it's nothing special and if you try to explain to people it sounds dry as hell and <laughs> just something like that they would not be interested in but it's a game set in uh, Rome and you play a trader essentially and you start, everyone starts in Rome and you spread out across Europe or in the case of our kind of uh, slightly smaller group with playing count of three, Italy and what you do is each section of Italy or Rome is split into provinces, and each province uh, generates certain goods. And you want to move your workers there, and you build trading houses. And you've got this deck of cards that each turn you play one, and each card does a different thing. And one of the cards lets you grab all the resources in the region. One of the card lets you buy more cards from this market row at the top. One card lets you move workers around so you can build more uh, trading posts and things. And... Uh, there' are a bunch of different in one card lets you copy someone else's card, and it, Concordia is just this really interesting sort of medium uh economic game where you're trying to grab these resources, but the main goal of the game is to buy these cards at the top because it 's a deck builder at its core because you want to add the these cards to your hand that at the end of the game you add up all these cards and they 're split into categories and the more, each category provides different bonuses, like, uh, so you could have four of these cards of Saturn that rewards you for having a house in each of the provinces. Or you can have these specialist cards, which are Minerva, uh, and they reward you for having a lot of trading houses set up on uh, brick or steel or cloth. But it's it's a real kind of, I think you could go crazy just kind of looking at it, because there's a lot, so many choices and you want to do everything, but you can't, so you have to really pick and choose what you're good at and go from there. But does that sound familiar at all?
0: uh yeah i think i played it once but it didn't really stand out to me one way or another (laughs)
1: that's a great way to explain put it it's it's perfectly fine it's dry it is not something that you're gonna it's not a sexy game in that like you put scythe down and people's eyes bulge out of their head because it's so pretty and there's there's minis and max this one you put it down, and you've got, like, like some meeples and some, uh, like, little houses. <laughs> and it's Europe. It's not exciting. Or, like, a medieval Europe. No offense, Yuri. And uh, it's, it, it's just not something that you'd really sell to people. It's a great game. It's, what do you think of it, Joel? Well, I think it's, it's, it's funny because it looks really uh, dry and tough, like you say. But It's not ugly. It's a very pretty game, but it's not exciting.
2: It was really accessible. You think about Chris. Yeah, We had a friend, Chris, who came camping with us. He is not exposed to any other types of games. He knows deck builders, yep. and that's just about it. He's never played Catan or anything, um, and he took right to it. I think it 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 didn't take him more than five minutes to know
1: exactly what he was because it's so trying simple. Do. Yeah, it's not. There's not. It's not fiddly. If you play a card and you do what the card says, and you're trying to just spread out and get stuff.
2: You could just sum it up with uh, take over areas, use them to get goods sell the goods, get cards, Yeah, that's the game. You just keep doing that in a cycle. Get more areas, get
1: more goods, spend the goods. Exactly. Buy th- more goods. <laughs> I think it's great, and it's it's, it's interesting that it's um, it, it's always out of stock too. It always sells out over here, and I just don't know why they don't print enough copies of Concordia, but uh, maybe you know something else the designer's done, Yuri. Have you ever played uh, any of the Imperial or Imperial 2030 games or Antikey?
0: No, haven't
1: played any of those. It's uh, The guy's name is Ma- uh, Mac Goetz, so I'm not sure if he's French or uh, or uh, German or one of those guys. But uh, anyway, if you ever get a chance, <laughs> I recommend uh, trying it out again. I think you might like it, even if it is dry. All what, right.
2: What would you give Concordia?
1: I it, cool. Uh, I'd give Concordia uh, seven prefects out of nine <laughs> Roman consuls. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, how about this? We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna listen to a track as recommended and selected, requested by Yuri. And then we're gonna come back and we're really gonna dive into the interview portion, asking about what it is like gaming and running a a board gaming cafe in Slovenia. Stay tuned, everyone. back to CFRU 933 FM broadcasting out of Queens University. Not Queens, University of Guelph. I keep doing that for some reason. Uh, we are joined today by our special guest, Yuri from Slovenia, and Joel Bryant back from a long break. Uh, I'm gonna let Joel ask the first question of Yuri. This is a real interview right here. This is what happens. You ready, Yuri? Uh yeah. All right, Good. here we go. How
2: you doing Yuri?
0: Uh hey, okay, fine. Good, you have
2: you. <laughs> Good to have you back again. Uh, so tell me about Elvis Jackson. Who is this artist? Uh,
0: they're a group from actually from my hometown. It's a really small town, and they're basically the most famous band we have. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is this uh, this is not Ljubljana? Uh, no, it's Idrošina.
0: Uh, We are much, much smaller than Ljubljana. Oh, cool.
1: (laughs) So is Elvis a normal uh, Slovenian name?
0: Uh, It's uncommon, but it exists. (laughs) cool.
2: (laughs) Nice. Well, yeah, they sound pretty cool. Uh, Is there a big sort of skiing, snowboarding culture there in Slovenia? Uh,
0: Yeah, I think so. It's pretty popular around here.
2: Nice. And do you you ski yourself? Uh, No, not. Uh, not for the last couple of years <laughs> that's cool so i'll just i'll just introduce how we know you're a um i was traveling uh through europe and i always wanted to wherever i went uh go to a game cafe because i just wanted to experience you know what the what the gaming culture was like in europe uh, we didn't really find anything in portugal i don't know if uh, maybe it was just because we were searching the english language or what, but uh, there just didn't seem to be anything around as far as a gaming culture that we could uh, go to a cafe and just meet people and play. But when we got to Slovenia, uh, we found your um, place. It's called, uh, I'll let you pronounce it.
0: It's Dobra Potesa, which means good move. <laughs> good move, yeah. <laughs>
2: and we were very excited. Uh, it was also only about 10-15 uh, minutes from where we were staying. So we, we got dropped off there and... Your place is fantastic, and I just want to start with the beer selection. Wow, <laughs> like I was so happy, especially here at uh, here in Ladner that we have two beers on tap. Uh, how many beers do you have there?
0: Uh, we have about sixty bottles and four taps. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> sixty
2: bottles. Oh man, <laughs> uh, and lots of local uh, local uh, breweries, right? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of craft beer in general, so. We did our best to have a good selection.
2: I thought it was interesting that one place you were telling us about that um, had to brew in Austria for some reason. Why was
0: that? Uh, I think it was just easier at the time to open across the border because of some red tape. Red tape. <laughs> uh, but I'm not super sure why that happened.
2: Ah, oh, no worries. Yeah, so I was really impressed by the game cafe, and obviously, uh, somehow we ended up playing together, me and Yuri, so I got, to, got the privilege of playing with one of the owners. Uh, Yuri, tell us about uh, your inspiration and how you came, came about wanting to open up this cafe.
0: Uh-huh. Actually, my partner, Sarah and I, we all met through gaming. Uh, we were in a board game club. Slash Association, <laughs> and were organizing events at different uh, spaces, and then we were talking and kind of floated around the idea of opening a board game cafe, as we've seen it on the internet mostly. <laughs> uh, and then about a year ago, we started talking about it more seriously, and started looking into spaces, and then it kind of happened.
2: Nice. And do you have a lot of regulars from that club that support you by coming in and drinking your beer and playing games?
0: Yeah, definitely our core group started that way, but uh majority of our customers uh are people that I haven't seen before.
2: Awesome. So there was this desire out there already for you to for a cafe to exist in Slovenia. Uh as far as I know, you're the only one as that I could see. Um so, uh, I guess you're kind of filling that gap, and now people are starting to come out
0: uh yes, definitely. We're the first one, but I've talked to a couple of people that were thinking about opening one before so Ho-
1: hold on, so are, this is you are officially the first board game cafe in Slovenia
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, the first and only one as far as I know. I hope there's not one hidden somewhere
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and how long ago did you open? Uh, we opened. Three months ago on April first, and it's not a joke.
2: (laughs) (laughs) April first, and uh, (laughs) Germany's had game cafes (laughs) for over ten years, right? That's probably where it came from.
0: Uh, Yeah, I would would think so. But as far as I know, they're pretty popular in Canada as well. Yeah, and Southeast Asia, I think, has a lot of them.
2: Hmm. Yeah, it, it seems kind of strange to me that. Some parts of uh, of Europe, especially in your area, uh, game cafes have been around for tons of years. But uh, you cross a border, and all of a sudden, it's it's a different story. Is that is that the case, or am I mistaken?
0: Uh, well, I I don't know exactly uh, how long they existed in Europe, so <laughs> I can't comment yeah. on that. <laughs> right.
2: We ended up going to a uh, a game bar in Vienna. Which was pretty cool, but it's definitely not the se- central focus of the place. Most of the people there were not playing, and all of the games were also in the German language, so <laughs> we oh, struggled. Yeah. We ended up playing Kirksone just because there's no uh, words to it.
0: No text, yeah.
1: Yeah. So um. when you're when you've you've got a bunch of games out there, do, are any of them translated into Slovenian, or do you have to just read the English or the German or the French rules and kind of go from there?
0: A big majority of them are English or German, mm-hmm. but uh, lately we have a couple of them in Slovene as well. Um, but sometimes the Slovene rules are harder to understand actually <laughs> <laughs> uh, you <laughs> have a t- <laughs> <translate> type of <laughs> translation, so
2: <laughs> you have a tight group of friends there. What language do you guys prefer when you play?
0: Uh, well, we talk in Slovene. But we prefer our games to be in English.
1: Interesting. You read the English rules. Uh,
0: yeah. Okay.
1: So you've got these games in all these different languages. What do you find? Uh, what's the most appealing game? Because if I was asking Joel, what what do most people play when they come into your board game cafe? The answer is going to n- not make you very happy, I think. But if let's, but if they come into your store or your your shop, what what's the most popular game that gets played?
0: Mm, I think I would go with hamsterole. It's a really silly uh, dexterity game where you have a big hamster wheel on the table and you're trying to get rid of your blo- blocks by placing them on the wheel somehow. Oh,
2: that sounds lovely. <laughs> Still <laughs> another dexterity game because yeah. our, number g- our number one game is Jenga. And I was
1: just, oh, when yeah. you were answering, I was like, don't say Jenga, don't say Jenga. <laughs> <laughs> But it's an international game, just like this hamster game. It's like, you don't need to really understand anything beyond the fact if you're putting, unless someone misunderstands it, you're putting blocks in a spot and trying to get rid of blocks. And with Jenga, you're trying to get rid of blocks, I guess, too, and just not collapse the tower. But um, what about the heavier games? Let's, let's, uh, let's ignore the popular sort of dexterity family game. But if, if, if somebody is going to go in there and grab something else, what's the most common uh, medium uh, weight game?
0: Uh, for medium weight, I think I would go with Ticket to Ride Europe. Hmm. Uh, that's the most popular one, I think.
2: Ticket to Ride is always in our top five
0: as well.
1: It's definitely my... But
2: g-
0: the most popular one at your place.
1: Uh, it's You go down from <laughs>
2: Jenga and then you go to C- Cards Against Humanity, right? <laughs> Number two okay. for sure, and then you've got code names, which you know we're fine with. But uh, obviously, go to for anybody playing a party game. Yeah, uh, going down from there. Yeah, Ticket to Ride, uh, Carcassonne is always up there. Really, does that sound sound similar to what you've got there?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: What's uh, what uh, do you have in your collection that you wish people would play more that that's underappreciated? Because I know you mentioned New Angeles, but I don't know if you necessarily want more people playing that one. But what what's there that you think doesn't get enough love? Mm.
0: <laughs> Good question. I think I would go with the uh, Survive Escape from Atlantis. Ah, uh. uh, fun escape game. The Island. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's so mean. Don't. How many friendships have you ruined with that game? Ah, my friendships are solid
0: (laughs) 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 right through the game of Atlantis
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yuri I saw that on your profile that uh, the cafe had said that your game of choice is Evo can you tell us more about that and why you like it
0: Uh, it's actually one of the first modern games that I owned Mm -hmm. I got it as a a birthday present from a friend of mine Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a really cool game kind of uh, similar to uh, Small World i th- it's from the same designer just an earlier game mm-hmm. uh and thematically it's about uh fighting for survival with your tribe of dinosaurs <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah.
1: how mean is it
0: uh it's not as mean <laughs> about the same as uh, Small World i would say i haven't actually played okay. Small World it's good
1: Jack, what was your first uh, modern game that you owned? Uh, that I owned, it was probably Ticket to Ride Europe. That Ticket. was the first uh, new game because I played it at my friend's place once, and I loved it. I thought it was really cool, and then picked it up. and From there, it's downhill. <laughs> it just, <laughs> it's crazy. I think mine was Catan. Be Catan. Most I mean, yeah. <laughs> So, e- Evo was after or before Catan or Ticket to Ride, Yuri?
0: Uh. Huh, good question. I don't know because the one that I have is a second edition already.
1: Oh, I meant personally, uh, for d- you?
0: Yeah, for me it was before that.
1: Wow, that's pretty cool. I had, <laughs> who knows what would happen if something like smaller or, e- or EVA was my first uh, foray, foray into uh, board gaming or tabletop I mean,
0: hobby? I got it before I was really into modern games. Mm hmm. Uh, my friends just knew that I liked playing games, and they went to a board game shop and got me something. So, I cool. think it was our first game together from the modern era.
1: <laughs> so you're talking about modern games. What about uh, let's let's branch out a bit? Do you play video games? Do you do you prefer older games uh, of a certain different type, or sports, or any of those others? What let's uh, let's move on from just board games itself. Tell us more about your interests.
0: Uh I used to play a lot of games mostly multiplayer online games. <laughs> uh so I didn't really play single player games on the computer.
1: What was your drug uh, of choice?
0: It was I think it was Enemy Territory first and then Guild Wars 1. <laughs> hey, what, what was that last that was one? Guild Wars? Oh Guild Wars. Guild Wars
1: yeah. Enemy yeah. Territory was super popular for but I never played it but uh,
2: I played Guild Wars I never got to level 20. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right sorry sorry to interrupt you there yuri
0: uh, yeah, that was most of my computer gaming mm-hmm. uh, and then lately i I mean for the last couple of years I got into board games and uh parallel to that into craft beer which led to <laughs> opening <laughs> of the cafe
2: <laughs> yeah tell us more about your cafe so it's how many how many people open this cafe with you
0: uh, I have two partners uh one of them is involved uh, through his shop uh, where they sell board games and uh, some juggling uh, accessories and stuff like that, <laughs> some intelligent toys. That's cool. To
2: <laughs> yeah, and you were saying that, your friend that uh, the friend that owns the shop is basically your supplier at this point, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get our games through them, uh, which is also cheaper for us because they basically sell them to us at uh, no cost. I mean it's at cost At mm-hmm. cost
2: yeah and how's at it how's everything going over there
0: uh, well we're really happy so far uh, I think we're gaining in popularity we have a lot of loyal customers they keep coming back we're getting great feedback so it's super exciting right now
2: <laughs> Yeah. so for those of you listening in Canada if you want to take a trip to Europe uh, Ljubljana uh, can you pronounce Ljubljana <laughs> for me so I
0: don't uh, <laughs> Ljubljana.
2: <laughs> Ljubljana. Uh Dobra Potesa? How's that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Good job, John. Uh it's a great shop and uh should be an essential part of your Euro trip
0: if you head out. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> so what sort of marketing do you do? Your do you ha- is it all word of mouth or do you have uh, ads on I am not sure if how popular Facebook is over there or uh, different sort of websites?
0: Yeah, Most of our marketing is done through Facebook, Mm -hmm. so we have a Facebook page. We try to post as often as we can without being too spammy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We also run uh, Instagram and Twitter, but that is more as a side thing. Mm -hmm. And this month we also started that campaign on one of the local radios.
1: Oh, wow. You're actually doing radio station stuff. That's good. Commercials. Well, this one's
2: free.
0: off.
1: Um, So have you, you you do beer, you do games, is there anything else you want to branch into or anything you would like add to if uh, if things continue going well?
0: Uh, I would like to have a basic selection of, let's say a couple of seasonal cocktails or like seasonal drinks. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's like next on our to-do list. Nice.
2: How about events and tournaments?
0: Uh, Well, we do run some events. Uh, I can't say that they're really popular, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> we have events and uh, the bar is full on those nights, but <laughs> people don't play the games meant <laughs> <that laughs> <push> for, <laughs> so, I mean... <laughs>
2: Alright, so today at the boardroom we have uh, Settlers of Catan tournament, I, I have yet to see how many people are actually going to turn out, um, but I'm heading over there because they want me to lend me their, or me to lend them okay. my, my copy of Catan. Uh, If you were here in uh, Gulf Ontario today, would you play in a Settlers of Catan tournament? Or would you spend your time doing something better? (laughs)
0: Uh, I mean, as a tourist, I think I wouldn't dedicate my time for a Settlers of Catan game.
1: Uh, (laughs) It's brutal. Catan's all right. It's just...
0: (laughs) <laughs> it depends on how many tourist sites you have.
1: <laughs> oh geez. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: okay. So there's three other tournaments I think this month. Uh, they are Scrabble and Codenames, and I, I can't remember the third one. Uh, wh- wh- what would you think about <coughs> Code Names tournament?
0: Uh, I think that could be a lot of fun. Uh, not sure if people would argue about the rules and uh, mistaken clues and stuff like that, though.
1: It does seem like there's a lot of room for people to get really upset about clues and uh, oh, they're looking, they were giving signs with their eyes or they were... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I've a lot heard of potential to
2: accidentally cheat in code names, especially one of the things that drives me crazy is when people um, uh, say you touch something and you get something right and the person who, you know, confirms the code master will say, ah, see, that's what I was trying to get you to get yeah, for yeah. this clue. Well, now that gives away that the, that clue doesn't apply to anything else. Yeah, right?
1: yeah. It's this... Yes. Sorry, please, Yuri.
0: Yeah, that, that was exactly my point. And uh, maybe sometimes the spymaster moves, moves his hand quickly before they actually... Uh, no, ah, yeah. the yeah, yeah. ...pointing to. And Reaches for the right.
2: certain color. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Smiles, shakes their head, laughs. It's that's part of it, like kind of like what you're saying. This criticism of like, oh, what's a tournament code name like? Because code names should be fun. It's it's meant to be a party game where you're just everyone's having a ball and just laughing at these terrible clues that you've been given and trying to make do with it. But it's almost like you 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 suck the blood out of it when you turn it into something where you're you, you there's you're you're fighting over like uh like whether you're blinking in Morse code to send across information to the other <laughs> player or something bizarre like that.
0: Mm, I think you would probably approach a bridge, tournament territory where they have to put. Uh, I mean, this like walls between players so yeah. they can't <laughs> eat or talk.
1: <laughs> that's yeah, that's exactly. You have to have like a cloak that you're hidden under, and nobody can see anything. You can't move at all. Yeah. A, a wall. That's pretty good. Um, what about Magic the Gathering? I'm curious because it seems like a lot of cafes. I'm not sure how big it is in uh, in Europe or not, but it, a lot of places that deal with board games live and die on these miniatures and also tr- collectible card games like magic. do you have any uh, do you have any sort of connection or uh, do you do anything involving Warhammer or uh, magic
0: uh, We do magic about twice a month mm-hmm. uh, It's open to like new players and casual players, but a lot of experienced players. Mm-hmm. as well and play among themselves, among themselves. Uh, we haven't done any Warhammer, but we did, I think, uh, two times or one time we did X-Wings.
1: How, how did they go?
0: Uh, they went fine, uh, a <laughs> couple of people came, but you know, it's a two-player yeah. game, basically, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of space, so I'm not sure if it's the best idea to <laughs> run it. Very often.
1: It's uh, so. Can you describe for us how much space you have? Because it, for, I'm, in my mind, I'm just imagining basically with the place where Joel works and just putting this <laughs> Slovenian uh, sort of uh, color to it. But uh, what, how big of a place do you have here?
0: Uh, we have about fifteen tables. Okay. Uh, I think that the like the space that is for guests is about ninety square meters. If that helps you.
1: <laughs> okay. And you mentioned before when you said about the tournaments and how it was busy, but people weren't necessarily playing on the tournaments, they were just at the bar. Um, how much, what percent, whoo that was a pop-up. What percentage do you think of people that come in actually want to play a board game versus just, it's a bar that happens to have board games? Uh,
0: a large majority come to play games. At least in the evenings, they come specifically to play games, mm-hmm. even if they're not experienced players. They, they heard that we have a lot of games, they mm-hmm. heard that it's something new and they come to check it out and play games.
1: And do you find it's like uh, couples or uh, young guys coming in or young girls by themselves trying to learn something and what's what's our demographics do you see, older people, younger people?
0: Uh, I would say most of our guests are uh, in their 20s and 30s mm-hmm. uh, and they come in groups mostly or mm-hmm. couples, very few of them come alone and trying to get into a game.
2: I see. I always thought that uh, the game cafe is sort of the perfect first date to get to know somebody really well. You <laughs> first of all, you don't need to sit there and make conversation, which I hate. <laughs> and yeah. second, you really get to know somebody's character by the way they play a game.
0: Yeah, and especially how they react to stuff that happens in the game.
2: Yeah, or uh, maybe you see how cutthroat they are if you're playing
0: a certain game. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, what about uh, teaching the game, too, because I know a big part of the Board Game Cafe experience is that just because you run it and have these games sitting here doesn't mean that people are going to pick them up or even know what to do when they pick them up. How hands-on do you find you and your uh, um, co-owners or helpers are when it comes to sitting down and assisting with um, people maybe grokking these games because... I know for, for a lot of it, like something like Carcassonne, fairly simple, you put it down, but there are some like rules to it that make things a little different uh, that can be like easily mess, messed up and somebody might walk away with a negative experience of the game, perhaps. But mm. how much do you have to sit down and uh, help people figure out how to play these games?
0: Uh, they're we- very hard uh, hands-on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, most of the popular times, like in the evenings, we always have one person there to help with the games. Mm-hmm uh so and it's always good to approach people that are looking at the shelves help them out maybe steer them to a right game to a, to an easier game if they're looking at uh, mm-hmm. something like terra mystica and haven't played anything before so oh my god uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that happens a lot <laughs> Sorry, I'm Terra Mystica. It
1: Looks nice. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's I'm, I don't understand Terra Mystica. I've only played it once, and I think Joel was there with me, and we were fumbling through it, and it just like I, a lot of people love it. I don't get it though. <laughs> All right, Yuri. Maybe maybe
2: one last question before we uh, before we end the show. Uh, let's say me and Jack walk into your shop, and we we say, oh well, we know Catan and we've played a couple games, but we don't really know what we're doing. Uh, do you have any suggestions for us? Like I know in, in my shop I have a couple go-tos, kind of games that I like to recommend that are easy to learn, easy to teach, but still lots of fun. Uh, if we were to walk into your shop what would, you, what would you point to or what would you take us to to teach?
0: Uh, if you were two players I would probably suggest Patchwork Oh yeah. Go to, or something like Corridor that's really easy on the rules simple abstract game uh, not sure if it's popular over
2: there uh, yeah it's, it's funny it's it's a really lot of the popular. games that you talk about uh, it's, it's a, there's not too much difference between what we're playing and what you're playing it's, uh, It seems like we we're, we're all in the same kind of chain, and maybe that's, maybe that's because of the internet, maybe that's because of uh, the way popularity is ranked for games and everything like that. but it seems like um, over there you're playing uh, a lot of the games that we 're playing.
0: Yeah, 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 I think uh, because most of the hype comes through the internet, right? So the same games gain in popularity.
2: Me and Jack played Patchwork uh, yesterday, actually, and I thought yeah. I had won, but Jack hadn't counted his. Uh, he got the 7x7 seven seven bonus, so he beat me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I squeaked oh, by.
1: Nice. <laughs> actually, I have one last question for you, too. Is uh, um, Where do you find out about new games? Where do you hear about the new hotness? Like what's your source? Uh
0: mostly YouTube or BoardGameGeek.
1: Okay, so, so let's let's go to YouTube. Who's your who do you watch on YouTube?
0: Uh I watch Dice Tower mm-hmm. Top 10 mostly and and Actual Lol. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. It's a small reviewer from UK. Oh,
1: okay. Interesting. I'll have to check out that last one. I haven't heard of him.
0: Yeah a
1: lot of fun.: <laughs> Excellent. Well, I think on that note, uh, I'm going to uh, extend an official thank you from Android's Dungeon and CFRU for taking the time out of your day to uh, join us on this phone call in this interview Yuri. This was really a lot of fun and I enjoyed talking to you. Hopefully you uh, it wasn't too frustrating listening to a bunch of uh, uh, a bunch of guys in Canada kind of fumble around talking to you <laughs> about uh, <laughs> what it's like to run a game cafe in Slovenia.
0: No, it was a lot of fun. It was my pleasure. Excellent.
2: Yep. Nice talking to you again,
1: buddy. Hopefully right, we'll hopefully do this again in the future. Thank you very much, Yuri. All
0: right. Uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. Have a good day. All right. That was Yuri. Uh, I'm afraid I, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his last name, I think. It's not that bad, is it, Joel?
2: Guntar, I think.
1: Guntar. I, hopefully he is not upset about <laughs> me butchering it. But on that note...
0: As you're Whoa, listening, that was—that's the...
1: not the outro. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> how, how amateur was that? Hey. That lovely drum riff indicates, and the bass indicates it's a, over. It's over. We're at the end of yet another episode of Android's Dungeon. CFRU 93.3 FM. Thank you for tuning in and listening. And we had a really great little interview with Yuri. So, uh, stay tuned for the show that follows this, and have a great week, boils and ghouls.
2: Goodbye.